Hello, this is Jerry Hendricks. And Adrian Hendricks of Save One More Now Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to God and to human life than to bypass, by ignorance or rejection, His salvation that is only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. Heaven, mentioned in different places throughout the Bible, is known by other names such as God's dwelling place in 1 Kings chapter 8 and 2 Chronicles chapter 6, the kingdom of God in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and in the book of Acts, a building of God, a house not made with hands at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1, the kingdom of God in Christ at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 5, Jesus' Father's house at John chapter 14 verse 2, a better heavenly country at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 16, and the third heaven, paradise, at 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 2 and 4 respectively. Respondents in a news poll were asked about heaven as their personal destination. 82% said they would go to heaven. 2% said they were headed to hell while 9% said neither and 7% didn't know. Now the question is, where will you spend eternity? Author Howard Storm explains in his book, My Descent Into Death, that as an atheist, he believed death would place him in a state of nothingness, no awareness, no feeling, nothing. His testimony shares how he found the exact opposite to be true. He was more mentally and spiritually aware and experienced greater sensory perception, including pain, than before his death. He also discovered that both hell and heaven are very real places and wrote this book to convince people to choose heaven. Revelation 21 verses 5 through 8 read, He who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He said, Write, for these words of God are faithful and true. He said to me, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give freely to him who is thirsty from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes, I will give him these things. I will be his God and he will be my son. But for the cowardly, unbelieving, sinners, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Their part is in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. To be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone is not to be in heaven, but to be forever separated from God who made you. Most people don't think about the end of their lives and where they will be afterward, but we must realize that eternity is not far away from any of us. More than 151,000 people in the world will start their unplanned journey into eternity today. As Christians, we all know we will spend eternity somewhere, but will it be in heaven or in hell? This question is more important than we think, and we want to be certain that our answer is not left to assumption or chance. Not only do we want to spend eternity with our Creator, Jesus, but we need to know that He wants us to be with Him more than we do. Jesus encourages us toward the narrow way at Luke chapter 13, verses 24 through 27, but explains that knowing who He is does not guarantee entrance into His kingdom. He said, Do your best to go in through the narrow door, because many people will surely try to go in but will not be able. 
The master of the house will get up and close the door. Then when you stand outside and begin to knock on the door and say, Open the door for us, sir. He will answer you, I don't know where you came from. Then you will answer, We ate and drank with you. You taught in our town. But he will say again, I don't know where you come from. Get away from me, all you wicked people. Theologian and hymn writer Isaac Watts wrote about this very subject in his poem, Broad is the Road. Broad is the road that leads to death, and thousands walk together there. But wisdom shows a narrow path with here and there a traveler. Deny thyself and take thy cross is the Redeemer's great command. Nature must count her gold but dross if she would gain this heavenly land. The fearful soul that tires and faints and walks the ways of God no more is but esteemed almost a saint and makes his own destruction sure. Lord, let not all my hopes be vain. Create my heart entirely new, which hypocrites could ne'er attain, which false apostates never knew. But we are still asking if we will be in heaven. According to Romans 10 verse 9, we must confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from death to be saved. And it is the supernatural change effected by this belief that enables us to be born from above, or as most of you may know it, born again. Only then is the door open for us to begin our journey, first as disciples, then as mature saints, always ready to follow the Lord and Master Jesus into the holiness required for heavenly citizenship. According to Matthew 4, verse 17, Jesus began his earthly ministry by preaching, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. To repent means one must change the mind about one's behavior. The command repent is not always explicitly stated in the Bible, but the intent is still present because the consequences for ungodly living are clearly stated. At the end of Revelation 21.8, Jesus says, Those described shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death, the condemnation, the final death and complete ruin of those whose names are not found written in the book of life. This is the everlasting separation from God for all eternity. The first group mentioned in Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 to partake in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone are the cowardly or the fearful. Who are they? These people are not courageous for God. They lack zeal for the truth and are afraid of what people think or say about them or will do to them. This fear of man makes them deny Jesus Christ in either word and or deed in front of people and keeps them from witnessing for Jesus as both Savior and Lord. Living as a true Christian is neither popular nor easy, but the cost of walking with Jesus Christ is worth the reward granted to his faithful followers. The fearful don't want people to know they are Christians. They want to fit in with and be accepted by the kingdoms of this world. If this describes you, repent now, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus provides encouragement at Matthew chapter 10, verses 28, 32, and 33. He said, Don't be afraid of people. They can kill you, but they cannot harm your soul. Instead, you should fear God, who can destroy both your body and your soul in hell. If you tell others that you belong to me, I will tell my Father in heaven that you are my followers. But if you reject me, I will tell my Father in heaven that you don't belong to me. Who are the unbelieving, the faithless of whom the scripture speaks? 
Not only does this refer to atheists who say they do not believe God exists or deists who do not believe in Jesus Christ, but also to those who profess the name of Jesus Christ but yet do not truly believe in him. They do not embrace his gospel and the truths of his gospel, but choose to believe lies. They treat the word of God with ridicule, contempt, mockery, and reproach. They scorn the word of God and those who proclaim it. Today, there is an ever-increasing lack of reverence for God's word, even among so-called Christians. The unbelieving do not have a true faith in Jesus the Messiah. If this describes you, repent now, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Who are the abominable? The Bible teacher Albert Barnes says these would be all whose conduct is offensive to God. It includes those who live in open sin, practice detestable vices, whose conduct is disgusting and abhorrent. It includes those who pollute themselves with unnatural lusts. The first chapter of Romans provides a revealing list starting at verse 18. God's anger is revealed from heaven against all the sin and evil of the people whose evil ways prevent the truth from being known. God punishes them because what can be known about God is plain to them, for God himself made it plain. Ever since God created the world, his invisible qualities, both his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly seen. They are perceived in the things that God has made, so those people have no excuse at all. They know God, but they do not give him the honor that belongs to him, nor do they thank him. Instead, their thoughts have become complete nonsense and their empty minds are filled with darkness. They say they are wise, but they are fools. Instead of worshiping the immortal God, they worship images made to look like mortals or birds or animals or reptiles. And so God has given those people over to do filthy things their hearts desire, and they do shameful things with each other. They exchange the truth about God for a lie. They worship and serve what God has created instead of the Creator Himself, who is to be praised forever. Amen. Because they do this, God has given them over to shameful passions. Even the women pervert the natural use of their sex by unnatural acts. In the same way, the men give up natural sexual relations with women and burn with passion for each other. Men do shameful things with each other, and as a result, they bring upon themselves the punishment they deserve for their wrongdoing. Because those people refuse to keep in mind the true knowledge about God, He has given them over to corrupted minds so that they do the things that they should not do. They are filled with all kinds of wickedness, evil, greed, and vice. They are full of jealousy, murder, fighting, deceit, and malice. They gossip and speak evil of one another. They are hateful to God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They think of more ways to do evil. They disobey their parents. They have no conscience. They do not keep their promises, and they show no kindness or pity for others. They know that God's law says that people who live in this way deserve death. Yet, not only do they continue to do these very things, but they even approve of others who do them. What was just described might be considered politically incorrect to some people because they do not appreciate being called out. But the words are important because their purpose is to save souls from eternal destruction. People who want to see others destroyed will encourage broken souls predisposed to these behaviors to continue in them. If you heard a description of yourself in this list, quickly separate from these acts and repent now, for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
who are the murderers? According to Bible teacher Adam Clark, these are those who take the life of another for any cause and those who hate a brother or sister in their heart. Our society is confused about human life today. It is acceptable and even desirable to kill a baby before it is born, especially if the parents are members of a social minority. If the baby was conceived as a result of rape or abuse, if his or her birth is considered inconvenient, or if a health care panel thinks he or she would be better off dead. But the remains of those same babies are subject to scientific experiments for the sake of eliminating diseases to save lives of people who were once babies. Sadly, there are far too many Christian people who pretend to care about those in the spectrum of human life, yet do nothing to protect it when they can, or deliberately take steps to destroy it. Many judges, government leaders, and abortionists call themselves Christians. Since the United States declared war on the unborn through the Roe v. Wade ruling in 1973, untold generations of families have been removed from the earth, never to appear. Are you a murderer? Forgiveness is available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Repent now and turn to God, for his kingdom is at hand. Who are the whoremongers? They indulge in fornication, adultery, prostitution, sexual trafficking, incest, pedophilia, bestiality, and every other sexual practice not sanctioned by God. James talks about how these things begin at James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away by his own evil desire, his own evil lust and passions. Then the evil desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. There is no need to explain these things. If you find yourself a participant in any of them, please repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Who are the sorcerers? These are people involved in witchcraft, practice of magic arts, participate in secret rituals to named or unnamed entities, and those who give supreme devotion, worship, or reverence to anyone or anything other than God. Bible teacher John Gill says, Any real or pretend association with the devil, which is witchcraft, and anything that is to honor Satan, which witchcraft does, and detracts from the glory of God, is idolatry. By the way, this includes telling and receiving fortunes and futures by consulting created things for instruction and wisdom, which only come from God. Please examine your life as a Christian. If you think you are clear of this, ask yourself if you have made pledges or promises to sororities, fraternities, secret societies and organizations, political parties or occupations. Do you check your daily horoscope? Do you trust in good luck charms or something else to protect you instead of God? What about your focus on entertainment, traditional or cultural activities, material goods, or anything that has your attention and respect which belong to God alone. Incidentally, this includes giving any human desire, including your own will, a priority over God's will. The Apostle Paul issues the warning at 1 Corinthians 10 verse 14. Therefore, my dearly beloved, shun, keep clear of, and avoid all idolatry. And at Colossians 3 verses 5 and 6, 
So kill the evil desire lurking in your members, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness, for that is idolatry. It is on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience. Just to make it plain, hear the bottom line on this from 1 Samuel 15, verse 23. It is like the sin of witchcraft to rebel and like the crime of idolatry to refuse to obey. If any of this describes you, repent now, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Ending this list are liars, those who speak opposite to the truth when he or she knows the truth or knowingly conveys untruth by word or deed. It also refers to those who speak truth with the intention to deceive. Examples are telling half-truths, suppressing facts, making false statements, empty promises, or being deceptive in contractual dealings. This includes being false toward God and others. Remember Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 who died instantly when confronted for lying to the Holy Spirit? These people do not love the truth and a sad fate awaits them foretold by the Apostle Paul at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9-12. through 12. The wicked one will come with the power of Satan and perform all kinds of false miracles and wonders and use every kind of wicked deceit on those who will perish. They will perish because they did not welcome and love the truth so as to be saved. And so God sends the power of error to work in them so that they believe what is false. The result is that all who have not believed the truth but have taken pleasure in sin will be condemned. Does this describe you? Please repent now, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The people we just described will have their part in the lake of fire. God did not create any of us to end in the place made for rebellious angels. Our rescue from this fate is the reason he sent Jesus, who explained this to Nicodemus at John 3, verses 14 through 21. As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the desert, in the same way the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not die but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to be its judge, but to be its Savior. Those who believe in the Son are not judged, but those who do not believe have already been judged because they have not believed in God's only Son. This is how the judgment works. The light has come into the world, but people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. Those who do evil things hate the light and will not come to the light because they do not want their evil deeds to be shown up. But those who do what is true come to the light in order that the light may show that what they did was in obedience to God. In case anyone is wondering why we presented so many scriptures about not getting into the kingdom of God, it is because we have an enemy who is working overtime to see that we don't make it in. Regrettably, many of us help him without realizing it by our lack of diligence in avoiding the behaviors and attitudes that will keep us out. The warnings against these things are repetitious and explicit. For example, at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, the Apostle Paul tells us, Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? 
Do not be deceived or misled. Neither the impure and immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor cheats, swindlers, and thieves, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul-mouthed revilers and slanderers, nor extortioners and robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. He repeats this at Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. Now the doings, the practices of the flesh are clear or obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, division, dissensions, party spirit, faction, sects with peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And again at Ephesians 5, verse 5, For be sure of this, that no person practicing sexual vice or impurity in thought or in life, or one who is covetous, who has lustful desire for the property of others, and is greedy for gain, for he, in effect, is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Many who think they will be in heaven will not be there because they are involved in the actions we have read to you today. We are bringing the warnings directly from the Word of God. However, if you are caught up in any of these things and you know they will earn you a place in the lake of fire, it is not too late for you to cry out to God for a new heart, a new mind, and deliverance. Keep going to Him for the repentance you need that will change your mind, your life, and your future. God is loving and merciful, and He begs us to choose eternity with Him now, because eventually we all will give account for our decisions. Revelation chapter 20 verses 11 through 15 describe the fate of those who do not repent. Then I saw a great white throne, and the one who was seated upon it, from whose presence and from the sight of whose face earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. I also saw the dead, great and small. They stood before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what they had done in accordance with what was recorded in the books. And the sea delivered up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades surrendered the dead in them, and all were tried in their cases determined by what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found recorded in the book of life, he was hurled into the lake of fire. At Revelation chapter 21, verse 7, Jesus says, He that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. At Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, he says, Let the person who has ears listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Are we listening? Are we hearing? Are we obeying? To him who overcomes, Jesus said, I will allow to eat of the fruit from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To him who overcomes, Jesus said, they will in no way be injured by the second death. To him who overcomes, Jesus said, I will give them to eat of the manna that is hidden, and I will give him a white stone with a new name engraved on the white stone, which no one knows or understands except he who receives it. To him who overcomes, Jesus said, I will give him authority and power over the nations, and I will give him the morning star. 
To him who overcomes, Jesus said, I will not erase or blot out his name from the book of life. I will acknowledge him as mine, and I will confess his name openly before my Father and before his angels. To him who overcomes, Jesus said, I will make him a pillar in the sanctuary of my God. He shall never be put out of it or go out of it. To him who overcomes, Jesus said, I will grant him to sit beside me on my throne as I myself overcame, was victorious, and sat down beside my Father on his throne. Don't you want to be a victorious overcomer? You will receive the invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb from Revelation 19, 9. Then the angel told me, put this in writing. God will bless everyone who is invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. The angel also said, these things that God has said are true. We encourage you to believe God, choose heaven, and refuse hell by responding to the Word of God and the leading of His Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 reminds us that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. If today's message has you considering the need to change your mind and turn to God with your whole heart, please remember that God is there for you, ready to receive you to Himself, to restore or to begin your relationship with Him, and lead you into the maturity you need to achieve His good plan for you. We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for His calling on your life. If you are faithful to spend time with Him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that He really loves you and He has a purpose for your being here. We can be reached by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org. Our telephone number in the United States is 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life is good. God gives life. God is good.